0: welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast to learn more about Cowie including in our gathering times visit us online at cowwie.chur enjoy the message amen amen good morning church thank you all for being here this morning thank you for uh, just your faithfulness as we've walked through uh, this unique time as we've uh, man, this has been a journey uh, as we've been walking just uh, day by day in the midst of kind of the most unusual time I have ever uh, engaged in as a pastor. And as I think about this just crazy season, you know, last week we really pointed to this fact that we are waiting with grace. And I love that thought. That was a uh, just a word that that really man has just penetrated my heart as I've thought about how do we navigate this season that we're in and this thought of waiting on the Lord's return and doing that in a way that declares the goodness and the greatness of who he is. Um, You know in the midst of the journey sometimes it can be difficult Uh, but this week I kind of came up with a little rhyme and it's going to kind of be a theme maybe throughout today but Seeking his face while waiting with grace fuels our faith as we finish the race. Now, I brought my gas can with me today, and, you know, I think about, one of the greatest inventions maybe that has ever been. And some of you, maybe if you're sitting in your car and your car has one of those lights that will come on, maybe you're driving down the road and all of a sudden there's a little notification and it says, hey, I am out of gas. If that's you, did anybody have those lights that come on? Let me hear your horn maybe if that, yeah. I, so that. The best invention was the GPS, right? That I think that was like God's gift for Sherry and I because I'm so dumb with direction, and it has been such a blessing. And then number two, uh, this gaslight is incredible. Now, somebody, somebody here may be like me and may push it close to the edge. I, I remember last week, I saw the gaslight on at my house. I was running a little late, and I said, you know what? According to my calculations, I can make it to church uh, with no problem. And so I get here. I have no problem. I say, you know, when I leave, I'm going to remember to go over to the how convenience, how convenient, isn't that convenient right across the road, I love that, and so I said, I'll go, and I'll get some gas there, and I'll be fine to get back to town, well, I left town, and I'm driving back, and I, or excuse me, I left the church, and I'm driving back towards town, and I get about halfway to town, I realize, and I forgot to get gas, and I look down, and I see that light, and I said, Lord, um, help me at least get off the side of the road if I need to do that. And I, I I barely make it, I think. I really don't know how much gas I had left, but I make it to the next gas station. I'm so grateful. Anybody ever ran out of gas? Anybody ever done that? Maybe you raise your hand if you've done that. <clears throat> well, I always want to encourage uh, spouses to be nice to their spouse if they run out of gas because you never know when it might be you. I can remember when Grant was in... Uh, daycare at, at great beginnings here in town. One day I coasted kind of in there. I mean, it, it was, it was close. I, I didn't even know that I was out of gas. I remember when I was young, I had a car that didn't have a gas uh, gauge on it. And so you had to guess how many miles you had left, right? You just, if, if you forgot to press the little reset button, you were kind of guessing. Well, I pulled in there and I got out and I tried to crank my car again and it wouldn't crank. And, you know, I, Thankfully, one of our folks was there. Joel Schick was dropping off uh, his uh, little man there, and he said, uh, "Hey, you need some help." And and he, you know, I love our law enforcement and just grateful for them. It was another time that they were there to serve. And so he said, "Yeah, let's give them a hand." By the way, it was a. <laughs> You know, I I didn't get to be part of it yesterday, but I know our community came together around uh, law enforcement and just encouraging them, and what a blessing. We have so many that serve so faithfully in our church, and uh, just an incredible blessing to me. Uh, Thank you to all of you uh, who have served and do serve, and uh, what I've seen in those guys is they're the ones that are here serving in security, here uh, just serving in so many ways, but Joel that day was serving, and he said, you know what, he said, I think if you can get the back of that thing point pointing." downhill he said I think there'll be enough gas to crank because he said they designed those things where the little pickups in the back so if you ever run out of gas you can know that so we push my little car and we get it all ready and we crank it up I give it all the gas it's got to get out of the parking lot and coast down the hill and make it to the gas station and so I'm so thankful that we have those warning lights but we have to be smart enough right to pay attention to the warning light now Grant's our little gas watcher Sherry's car has a little thing in it that says uh, you know 50 64 miles till empty, and so he's from the back seat, and he'll watch it, and he'll we'll be driving down the road, it'll be like, 64 miles, Dad, and I'm like, oh, that means I've got so far to go, and so we're driving out, how many people are here, and when it gets like below half a tank, you're thinking, I'm filling up now, because I don't want to be, yeah, without gas, I know some people that are like that, I love that, but you know, physically that can happen to us as well, we find ourselves at times... Maybe weary because we haven't had enough sleep Maybe we find ourselves weary because we haven't nourished our physical bodies Maybe we've put the wrong things in Reese cups will hold you for a little while, you know, but they're not fuel for a long journey uh, But they can give you a little boost in a pinch, but we think about those things and we We know that God designed us in a way that we need rest and that we need Even exercise right to feel good physically and all those kind of things But yet a lot of times we ignore those things physically. But today I want to talk about this journey that we are in. And the Christian life many times is likened to a race. Many times we think about this race that we are in and this this, uh, uh, life that we're living in faith in Christ. And many times we can get weary in the race. And truth is we can run out of gas spiritually. You know, James said, we count them blessed, right, last week, those that endure. We read that last week in uh, verse 11 and verse 12 of chapter 1 in James. We read this. He said, blessed is a man who perseveres under a trial. And he says, for once he is approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them who love him. Now, it's no wonder that we grow weary in the midst of this crazy life, is it? We 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 do. We get so tired and so weary because the truth is life is not easy. right? There are people that would say, hey, if you're following Christ, then all of a sudden everything is going to be easy. But the reality is that we know it's not. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. James said, consider it all joy in chapter 1. He said, consider it all joy, the trials of your faith. He said, when you experience trouble, various trials or diverse trials. He said, there's all kinds of trials that you're going to face, but he says, you can consider it joy because there's something happening in the midst of the trials. We, as we walk through the life of Joseph, we said, hey, we know that in the midst of our trials, that even when we can't see it, that God is working, that he is doing uh, something in the midst of that, and we know that the testing of our faith, James says, produces endurance. Now, we can grow stronger in the midst of our trials. He said that these that our, our trials can encourage us and can help us along the journey. We can grow stronger, but we also know f- that in reality, we can also get weary. We can also get weak in the midst of those things. We can run out of gas, and the question is, how do we grow and how do we get fuel for the journey, right? When we run out of gas, we go and maybe we haul this and we take it over to the gas station, we fill it up and we take it to wherever we're out of gas and then we put enough in it to get us to another stop. But what do we do spiritually when we find ourselves out of gas on the journey? And it's real easy right now to find ourselves in a place that we need fuel for our faith, that we need fuel for the journey. You know, one of the ways that we gain strength, we gain strength from one another. And we can fill our tank up in a lot of ways. One of the ways that we do that is we gather together. One of the ways we do that is we, uh, we gather with other believers. And this has been a unique time for our church. It's been a unique time for our, uh, our nation. This has been a unique time as we've tried to figure out how do we do that in the midst of this unusual time. And I thank God for some really creative ways uh, that we've been able to do that. Right now, we had some tech trouble this morning, but I thank God for the internet. And hopefully, all of you are able to be joining us online now. I think we're back up and good there. But we've had creative ways that we have been able to do that. There have been groups that have been meeting uh, via Zoom. You know, we did a parenting class via Zoom. Uh, Heart for Families did that for us. We were able to to, to grow in our understanding and ability to engage with our children in the midst of this time through the blessing of technology. There's been a lot of things that have taken place, but... Truth is, it's not been the same, right? We recognize that. This has been difficult, and we've, uh, as a church, began to, to to really consider, you know, what are our next steps in this journey? And We've been doing that really since the uh, beginning, and we've been looking, and, and we've seen groups. I think there was a group that met outside this morning at Cowey School. There's a group that met uh, distanced in our sanctuary this morning. There were groups that uh, met online this week, and there's not a right or wrong answer to all those things, but we know the Scripture has been clear clear that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And the reality is that that assembling right now is not looking the same as as it has been for us in all of our lives. There's never been a time that it's been weird. And there's never been a time in my life that I've struggled as much with understanding really what the right next steps are and how we, as the body of Christ, how we serve uh, one another well. And, you know, as we Pray and seek the Lord in those things. I want to encourage all of you, man, just to join us in that. We're going to be talking about how we get fuel for our faith today in prayer, and I want to ask you to do a few things with me as we walk on this journey. Many of you saw the updates from last week that we'll be opening our our kidmen uh, next week at, at a, a limited capacity, and we're going to be doing some uh, different things there. and you know, there's a struggle in knowing. There's there's some of us that are around in this moment right now that would say, you know what, I, I think it would be great if we all just went back inside and we went back. To normal, right? I know there's those uh, dynamics that are there. There are some here that are saying, you know what, I, I think this outside dynamic works pretty good. We've got some air coming through, kind of gives me a little uh, more comfort in the midst. And there's somebody that say, you know what, I feel, I, I like the drive-in church. I, I like being engaged in that. I feel comfortable in those dynamics. And and one of the things that we're seeing in the midst of this is that within the body of Christ, and, and I think we, we have to be careful as we walk through this, because We seek counsel and we we lean on one another, but within the body of Christ, there are different perspectives about what the right dynamic would be in... This moment, and so we want to do some things like pray, and as we do that, we want to seek a Christ-like humility. These are things I just want to ask you, as your pastor. This has been a season, and I want to just ask for your grace as we walk through this because this is this is uncharted. It's like we're flying a plane in the middle of the air, and somehow we have to build it while it's flying. Okay, somehow we have to figure out. Hey, this is how we're going to look at this, and there's so much out there. There's so many uh, things that are kind of coming at us from all different directions. There's things that are saying, "Hey, you know, we, we've got to be careful because we don't want." the government to tell us what to do as a church. And, and I agree, we we are not going to, uh, Caesar is, is not Lord over the church, right? There's churches in California that are facing that, that they're saying, hey, you can't gather uh, at all, and they're having to make decisions. We're not outside because anybody's told us to be outside. I just want to make that clear as we kind of walk forward. We're in this situation because as we've sought the Lord's wisdom in the best way that we know how with our deacons and with our church and with a reopening team as we've sought the Lord in this we have felt like this is the best way in these moments to serve one another in the best way that we know how and so I want to ask you as you pray to seek wisdom for us, but also Christ-like humility. Christ-like humility that says, you know what, I'm going to seek the interest of other brothers and sisters in Christ above myself in this moment. Because I recognize there are people that may see this differently, and when it's not completely clear biblically, and there's not a standard answer that we have to do. We have to say, you know what, we're going to serve one another in love. And by the way, I want to mention a couple things. That The world is not going to look at us and measure whether or not we are following Jesus well by the the, the dynamic of when we walk back in this building. Because the reality is that this church is, uh, th- is not this building. It is the people that gather here. And Jesus was very clear. He said, here's the way the world's going to know that you're my disciples. It's not going to be by the way you... Uh, try to figure out uh, some of these kind of things, like how you deal with this pandemic and the timing that you do different things, but it's going to be measured, he said, by the love that you have for one another. And so the world, the outside world is looking in, In Colossians 4, one of my favorite passages of Scripture says that we uh, are are to uh, be a people that... That conduct ourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity, allowing our speech to be seasoned with grace. We want to be a people that say, you know what, as we walk through this, we're going to demonstrate love for our brothers and sisters in Christ and for this world. And how that looks, I believe that if we're followers of Jesus Christ, that we need to be seeking his presence. That's what we're going to be talking about today, seeking his face and how we receive fuel for the journey. And the Bible tells me that the spirit of God lives in us, that we have one, just this omnipresence of God, that he is all over all the time. There's an indwelling presence of God. And the indwelling presence of God uh, is, is promised us that when we believe and place our faith and trust in the finish work of Jesus Christ. Uh- Peter in his first sermon said, repent and be baptized. He said, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, there's uh, coming a comforter. Jesus said, it's better that I go away because if I go, the comforter is going to come and every believer within himself will have the Spirit of God living in them. And and I believe with all my heart that if we'll seek his face that he'll give us a perspective on what that looks like as we walk with wisdom toward outsiders. And I believe that it's possible for it to be different in many of these uh, unclear areas. Four different ones of us and the reality is that God is giving us an opportunity as the body of Christ to say you know what unity is not uniformity unity is not measured whether uh, some people think hey you know what I I feel more comfortable wearing a mask and some people say you know what I don't feel more comfortable wearing a mask I don't do that because whatever reasons are there the reality is that we have got to learn and walk as the body of Christ in a way that serves one another and that expresses his love no matter what our stance is on some of these secondary issues. So we want to have Christ-like humility. We want to demonstrate that love to the world and to one another. And the world will know that we're his disciples when we are united in a time when much of the world is divided. Where we're saying, you know what, the gospel is the greater issue. Uh, You know, I, I was talking to somebody, and there's been this thing with you know, masks and not masks and all those kind of things. And I'm seeking, the, you know, just like, what in the world, what do you do? Because in reality, sometimes you feel like if you put a mask on, then all of a sudden there are people that are looking and saying, well, I can't believe that person's wearing a mask. And if you don't have a mask on, then people are saying, well, that person's not must not be very concerned about other people that are in there. And I was talking to somebody that I view as a, a just a friend in wisdom, and, and I said, what do you think the Apostle Paul would do in a moment like this? I mean, what do you think Paul would do in a moment like this? And the person said, I don't know, maybe he'd put a mask in his pocket and when he was around people that uh, that that needed and felt like that, hey, this is a way to serve them. That wear a mask, then they would put that on as a way to show love to that person. And maybe if he was around somebody that, that said, hey, you know what, I don't see this as a beneficial thing, then Paul might take it off and stick it in his pocket. But either way, the focus of his life would be sharing the gospel. He might end up in prison. He might end up in prison, but I don't think it'd be over that. I think it would be over the message that he proclaimed. So we want to we be in that. I want to encourage us to apply James 1.19 as we walk forward. I want to encourage you to say, you know what, we're going to be people that are swift to hear. We're going to listen more than we speak. You know, one of the things I wanted to do as a, a leader in this church and as your pastor was to listen well. And I believe that there's wisdom in the presence of counsel. I think we see that in the scripture. And so we want to listen and we want to hear from you. And we we did that and we continue to do that. And we want to be slow to speak as we walk through these kind of things. James gave us that wisdom uh, early in the midst. And, and we want to think about what we say in the view of those that are Outside. So we want to be slow to speak because the reality is, none of us have this figured out. I've kind of figured that out this far. You know, I've got friends that are pastors. i talked to most every pastor that I knew in this area and was connected, and the the one common thread was none of us really know what to do. I mean, really, that's the kind of common thread. We are not sure what to do. I've got friends in Haysville, a church about our size that moved back in a few weeks ago. Yesterday, they had to make a decision to move back outside, and so actually they went online first, and then they're trying to decide what's next. Another church that was meeting today physically then decided to meet online, and so there's all this ebb and flow as different circumstances and different things walk but there's there's a common thread in these things that as we walk together in unity we recognize we're just doing the best that we can as followers of of Christ to serve the body of Christ a lot of different perspectives a lot of different situations well and so we want to do that we want to we want to wait in prayer, seeking just humility from him. We want to be people that are swift to hear, slow to speak, that are engaging and walking with wisdom. And we want to be people that have conversation with one another. Because there are people that, that may not understand a certain perspective that we're taking or a certain perspective that maybe you're taking as a family. And we want to have conversation rather uh, Than conflict over those kind of things, right? We want to share, uh, and, and we want to make that an open door, really, for our church, because we, as we shared earlier, we're not sure the best next steps, but we want to hear, and we want to converse about where we're at, while we're doing what we're doing, and we want to seek the Lord together as we grow uh, in that. And so for the next season, as we shared this week, for the next little bit, we are still going to remain outside in this setting where we have outdoor uh, options. We're going to remain uh, in that. We saw, really, some great need among some of our families And so we're going to do our best to engage with as many families as we can uh, in our children's ministry during this season. Uh, We want to do whatever we do in a way that's safe. Uh, There's a a church in Cashers that had a three-day revival and ended up with eight cases of coronavirus, and three of those people are in the hospital. And so we want to be careful that whatever we do as a church serves the body well and allows for a safe environment. So we may take some transition steps along the way. There may be times where we're meeting outside and inside, where we're saying, you know what, we understand there's there's different needs in different areas, and so we may end up with kind of a dual option. There are all kinds of things along the way, but I just want to encourage you to walk with grace uh, in the midst of this time, together in unity, displaying His love, being uh, His people. And I thank God for the way that you've done that. I thank God for the encouragement uh, that so many of you uh, have been to me in the journey, and I want to encourage you to pray for other pastors. Uh, there's a, a struggle in the midst of this that's kind of universal, and, and I just want to encourage you that we might uh, do that. And so I want to pray for us, and I want to jump in uh, to today and just the sermon, and and I want us to pray uh, together for other churches in our community, for, uh, for our church, and just that we would be uh, wise in our steps and that we would see... Uh, just really the will of the Lord uh, in our midst. So let's pray together, Father. We, God, we read in Psalm 23, Lord, that you are our Shepherd. And Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, knowing that you are the Good Shepherd, Lord, and that you know what's best for us, Lord. We come just dependent on you, Lord. We desire and long to hear your voice in the midst of. God, so many voices that are out there. Lord, we are grateful, God, for churches in our community and in our nation, Lord, and we pray, God, for wisdom. God for your wisdom, Lord. For leaders in this community, Lord, we pray for uh, neighboring churches like Liberty and Iola and Windy Gap, Lord. We pray for uh, for Biltmore and Discover, Lord. We pray for uh, churches that are all around us, Lord. For the church in cashers that's walking through the difficult time that we're in, Lord. And we recognize that, God, we we don't understand and know all the right next steps, but Lord, we have been gifted with your spirit, Lord, and we pray, God, that you would reveal to us in your wisdom, God, the right next steps, Lord, and we pray, God, that in the midst of a time, Lord, that we are uh, not able to do things in the way that we always have, Lord, that your grace would be poured out over us, Lord. We pray, God, that in the power of your spirit, God, I I believe with all my heart, God, that there is nothing, Lord, that that can Keep your spirit out of a vehicle in this car, uh, car parking lot Lord I believe there's nothing God that can help can keep us from being able God to experience your presence, Lord as we desire Lord to not only God do we recognize that you are everywhere all the time, Lord that you are omnipresent, Lord we also know that you have an indwelling presence within us, Lord, but we desire and God there's something special about when your church gathers. Lord, there's something special about believers coming together in unity, and Lord, we desire to see your manifest presence in those moments, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us, Lord, that you would help us to know you more, God, and that we might walk in wisdom and grace and truth, Lord, and that we might be a people, Lord, that stand uh, together, united for the glory of your name, Lord, that we might reveal to a lost world what it looks like to love one another, Lord, what it looks like to walk with you. Father, we love you. We pray, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, God, we pray, Lord, that today, Lord, that you would save them, Lord, that you would draw them in the power of your spirit, and Lord, that we might be changed from the inside out, every one of us, for the glory of your name. Amen. So James picks up, and we finish verse 12, and we wonder, like, we all need some fuel for the journey, right? There are moments that we feel weary in the midst, and we need that fuel. And James takes us to a place that we can get that, and he takes us to our knees, in James chapter 5, verse 13, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to get as far. Uh, in verse 13, I want to focus there, and then we're going to go very quickly. And we'll come back to the rest of these verses next week. But verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? Then he must sing praises. Now, the rest of those verses gets into some complicated things that there are some different opinions on, uh, lots of things that are there, lots of discussion and thoughts. And so we're going to jump into that uh, this coming week. But James says, If anyone is among you suffering... If anyone is uh, cheerful, he he says two things. He says if anyone's suffering, he should pray. If anyone is cheerful, he's to sing praises. Now, if you knew James back in the day, we would know that James uh, was referred to uh, this nickname that he had was camel knees because he spent so long on them that his knees were calloused. I don't know how much that would describe uh, me in in all honesty, right? That we spend so much time on our knees before God that, that they are calloused. But James has walked through this book, and he said that there's this, thing that you can know, that authentic faith produces works in our life, that authentic faith produce his works. And I believe in this last portion of, of James uh, that he writes, and he says that authentic faith is going to produce a desire to spend time with the Father. Uh, we see this in uh, Romans 8. We see it in Galatians 4. We see this desire uh, that we have. These, these New Testament letters, they they give us this picture. Not only uh, do we receive the gift of the Spirit, but there's a, a work of God that takes place in our life and he changes us from the inside out and he creates in, in us, in all believers, this desire to cry, Father, that we might desire fellowship and desire to talk to our Father. Now, some of us may say, you know what, I don't know uh, that I feel that desire in the moments like maybe I should. Some of us would say, hey, I, I hear you in that, but somehow my prayer life is not where I believe it should be. What is wrong with me? Maybe that's a question that we have. And I want to tell you what I've observed and what I think can be true is many times our prayer life reflects the same old thing. We may sit down at a meal and we say, God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our food. And then we get up in the morning and we say, God, I pray you'll bless this and this and this. And then we say, you know what, what am I going to do? Maybe maybe there's some born again followers of Jesus Christ that's prayer life has grown stale and maybe it's not so much the fact that we don't have a relationship with God but the method that we are engaging and we'll talk about that a little bit later but as we think about the scripture right if we uh, can engage in a different way and maybe just consider praying scripture maybe consider saying you know what we're going to pray the Psalms we're going to open up Psalm 23 and we're going to read that first verse in the morning we're going to say the Lord is my shepherd and however God speaks to your heart in that that we might cry out to him and say God I I am so grateful that you are my shepherd. And 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 while I'm there, Lord, I, I, your, your word says, I, the, I, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and that word literally just means, God, I recognize that in these moments, Lord, even though this world is crazy, I thank you because I have everything that I need. And we walk through those songs, we walk through those scriptures, and all of a sudden our prayer life is not just the simple same old thing, but every time as we engage in his word, as his spirit works in us, it changes us, and we cry out, To him, this week I'll send out just some things uh, on that, but I want to encourage you that way because we want to seek his face while we wait with grace. And I believe with all my heart it'll give us fuel to finish the race. Now if we were to ask what's a, how important is it that we have fellowship with God? That we uh, spend time pursuing the presence of God. We're in church. Every one of us would say we think it is important. But the reality is that many times we don't reflect that. James in chapter 4 said draw near to God and he'll draw near to youth. It's through prayer that we know God's will. It's through prayer that we are changed by his grace Right? that we see. And, and I convinced that God is not, uh, that he's more concerned about making us who he wants us to be, right? True prayer is not somehow twisting God's arm to conform to our will, but true prayer is saying, God, I want to seek you, and I want to know your will. God, I want to know you, and the truth is we don't know him like we should. The truth is that we struggle in that, that we don't know God like we should, you know, Sherry and I have been married for more than 20 years, and the reality is I know her much better now than I did when we first got married. And there's a reason for that, right? We spend time together. We communicate. We talk to one another And the enemy knows the impact when we don't. The enemy knows the impact when we are distant. Sometimes people say distance makes the heart grow fonder. I think that's that's probably a lie in most situations, right? Because we need to be connected. There's times we can't be physically together. There's times we are are traveling. There's different things that are going on. But when we don't spend time with God, the enemy knows the impact. And his desire is that we might not have that desire or that it might get filled up with other lesser things but i want to declare there's nothing that can replace daily time with the father because prayer it's how we talk to god it's how god speaks to us it's how we have spiritual power in our lives and so i want to encourage that we would have god time daily just a quick definition of prayer prayer is when you talk to god and it's when we listen to what god has to say to us and james says when should we pray he said, when should we pray? And he says, well, when you're suffering, you should pray. And then he said, when you're cheerful, you should praise. And so what James is saying is all the time, when things are good, when things are bad, we ought to be praying because the truth is that prayer is the key to perseverance in the midst of this time. The key to perseverance in the midst of this time is, is, is so dependent on our relationship with the God, with God, the presence of Him. We, we want to pray for things like wisdom. James 1 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, and I believe with all my heart, it he was talking about in the midst of that trial, and he's He says, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all of you generously and without reproach. He says, listen, we want to pray for wisdom and we want to ask God, God, is there something in the midst of this trial that you're trying to teach me? God, what are you speaking to me in the midst of this? Is there something I'm doing that you're trying to tell me? Is there sin in my life? Are there uh, things that are there? God, what do you want me to do? How can I grow from you in the midst of this trial? And sometimes we're in a mess because of our own decisions. Right? Has anybody ever been in a mess? I have been in a mess because of my own decisions, and I'm sure that others have. There's times I can remember in, in our marriage where we made uh, decisions early in our, our marriage when we uh, went into debt for different things that we uh, we said, you know what, we deserve that. We want to go on this cruise. We want to do this. We want to do that. And then later we're saying, hey, you know what, money's tight. And and when we're praying to God, and the Lord might say, well, you know what, you need a book. Bu- you need to listen to my word in these areas. And so when we see some of those kind of things, and, and maybe we recognize that the reason that we're in some kind of mess is because of a mistake we made. Let me tell you what followers of Jesus do. We don't get down in the dumps. We don't Eeyore for three days. We learn from our mistakes. We lean on his grace, and we get up, and we finish the race. Okay, We don't get down and say, you know what, I've messed up because I'm so thankful that his mercy, boy, isn't it good to know that his mercy is new every single morning. And I'm so grateful for that because I need it every single day. Amen. We need His grace and His mercy. And so when we make mistakes, we lean on His grace and we get up and we finish the race. That's what God I believe desires from us. And sometimes it's just life. Now you remember in John chapter 9, there's a man that was born blind and the disciples are saying, hey, well what happened to this guy? Why was this man uh, born blind? He said, was it something he had done? Was it something his parents had done? And Jesus said, nope, neither one. He said, this man was born blind so that the works of God might be manifested in him. They might be displayed in his life. Sometimes we walk through the midst of difficult times, right? We walk through this, and it's not always related to certain things that are going in uh, the midst of our uh, situations. It is the result of being, uh, living in the midst of a sin-cursed fallen world where we experience difficulties, but God is faithful in the midst of all those, and so he says when things are going well, he said you want to praise, and when things are being difficult, you want to You want to pray, and the reality is that I believe as we mature in our relationship with Jesus, we're able to praise in both of those. We pray in both of those, and we're able to praise in both of those. Y'all hang on with me just for a moment. Acts 16. Verse 22 through 25, one of my favorite passages. says, the crowd rose up together against them. Uh, We we see uh, this incredible uh, picture, right? We see uh, Paul and Silas in this chapter. They are uh, in prison, right? They're in jail. Scripture says, the crowd rose against together in them, and the chief magistrates tore the robes off them, proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer, to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And y'all know the rest of the story, right? The the story tells us that about midnight, about midnight in the middle of the darkest time that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And I want you to notice something that is incredible in this passage. The scripture says that they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And I can't imagine them doing that in the midnight, right? I can't, well, I struggle enough in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, but I can't imagine being beaten with rods, put in jail, uh, shackled up, put in the inner cell, and then about midnight, like I'm thinking surely I can at least get a nap now, but about midnight the scripture says that they were praying and they were singing hymns of praise to God. Then there's something incredible, it says the prisoners were listening to them. And I'm going to tell you at midnight, I may not be singing, especially not from prison, but I don't want you to miss this, that no matter where I'm at and what I'm doing as a follower of Jesus Christ, as I walk through a trial, there are people that are listening and watching me. The prisoners We're listening to them. And in this passage, God showed up big, right? There was an earthquake, people getting saved. Truth is, we don't always have an earthquake or miracle happen every time we praise the Lord. But we always have somebody that's watching. Every single time we have somebody that's watching. Spurgeon said this: Any fool can sing in the day. It's easy to sing when you can read the notes by daylight, but the skill for singer is he who can sing when there is not a ray of light to read by. Songs in the night come only from God. They are not the power of men. Boy, that's true. They're fueled by time with the Father. People that uh, praise God in the midst of those storms, they are dependent on Him. And and I want to tell you, when every day when I get up in the morning and I rush into my day, every day, and it happens, I I, I wish I could say I never uh, allow that to happen, that every day uh, it it looks like a spiritual worship service at my house as I'm in the presence of God. Uh, There are times it looks like that, and there are times that I don't allow enough time, and that I don't make time for those things. But but the reality is that every day when I rush into my day and I I, I'm declaring to the Lord I'm saying God you know what today I'm good I I mean I got this on my own I really don't need uh, anything from you and and when I get up and I say God I don't know how in the world I'm going to walk through this day and I know there's only one way that I can and that's with you Lord I'm independent on you see it's Christ in me you know we sung that song and what a true yet not I but Christ in me the reality is that my flesh is weak and weary and the scripture says that it's just getting worse The scripture says that this outward man that this flesh is just getting worse that it's decaying day by day but there's an inward man that's being renewed by the power of God and the spirit of God in my life and when I get up and I say Lord the only hope I have in walking today is in you the only hope I have see we can't drive our car very long we can't go very long without food and prayer and praise and us being in the presence of God it is the only way that we will fuel our faith in the men of this journey. because the reality is, the presence of God changes everything. The presence of God changes everything in our trials. The presence of God changes everything uh, in those moments. The presence of God changes everything in the, the, the mountains and it changes everything in the valleys. and we must seek Him. Scripture says that if we would draw near to Him, that he would draw near to us, what a promise. It makes all the difference. Seeking His face while waiting with grace will give us the fuel to finish this race. Many of you may have connected in to the the bulletin this morning, and we've sent out some digital bulletins. If you don't get those things there's a section in there that just says quiet time resources and uh, we'd love for you to dig into that but we want to I want to challenge you to do two things and 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 the first thing is this that you would say you know what I, I want to declare my dependence on God that I recognize and maybe you're here and you say you know what I recognize that my gas tank could use uh, a little more gas it doesn't mean that we've run out that we're completely uh, drowned but the reality is I just want to say you know what in the midst of all this I need the presence of God I need to be dependent on him I want to hear his voice in the midst of everything because there's so much out there. There's so many things that are going on. And I want to declare my dependence by an action. That just says, you know what, I'm going to start my day declaring my dependence on him with some quiet time before the Lord. I'm going to say, God, I need to hear from you today. Lord, the only way that I'm going to be able to walk with wisdom toward those that are outside, the only way that I'm going to be able to extend grace, the only way that I'm going to know what to do in these things is if I'm hearing your voice, Lord, and I desire to seek your presence. Lord, I want to wait with grace, but I want to be seeking your face. The second thing is I want to challenge you in the midst of that, and I'm going to send out some resources, but just to say, you know what, instead of them, if your prayer life, and you may have a vibrant prayer life before the Father, you may be in one of those things that you say, you know what, I'm in a great spot, but I want to challenge you to get into God's Word. Maybe tomorrow that you just open up Psalm 23 early in the morning, and you just take it line by line, and you pray as God leads you as you walk through that passage. And I want to encourage you when you get to that part and it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I want you to be grateful for that. And then I want to encourage you just to pray for under shepherds all around our community, all around our nation, all around those kind of things. I pray that that you would help us, that God would give us wisdom, that God would work in those things. But I encourage you to to spend time with the Father, to seek his face, to spend your day just beginning in that direction. I'm going to close just in a, a time of prayer, but i want to ask you if if you're here today the reality is that we are able to approach the very throne room of God through the finished work of the cross that there's nothing good in us that allows us uh, to be in the presence of the father in in the the, the only way scripture says that, that we have a great high priest that that allows us, right, that intercedes on our behalf, but that, that, that through the blood of Christ that we can boldly approach the very throne room of God. And it is only not, not based on our works, not on something we've done, but based on the the shed blood of Christ being applied to our life as we've been born again into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are able to approach the very throne room of heaven. And the only way that that happens is through faith in Christ, that we we surrender our lives to Him, believing, repenting of our sin, turning uh, from our ways, and just surrendering our lives to Him. And Scripture says that we are born again into a relationship with Christ, given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so if you've never trusted Jesus, if you've never placed your faith in Him, I want to invite you this morning, whether you're watching on line with you're sitting in the parking lot to surrender your life to Christ to say you know what I can't do this on my own and I desire a relationship with the father and I understand that because of my sin I've been separated from him and there is nothing that I could do to earn my way to him there's nothing that I could do uh, to bridge that gap but thanks be to God that he sent Jesus his only begotten son in my place to die on a cross in my place for me And because of that, if I believe and accept the finished work of the cross and just receive the gift of salvation that I can pass from death to life, that I can be made right with God and I can enter into his presence. And if you've never trusted him, I invite you to call on his name this morning and to begin for the first time to pray and call out to him and begin that walk with Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being here. Lord, I thank you, Father, that your word is truth, Lord, and that you call us in the midst of the most difficult times, Lord, to call on you to pray and to praise, Lord. And I pray, God, that you will help us, Lord, as your people. Lord, I'm reminded, Lord, that those prisoners were watching, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would give us a picture of that every day, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to be swift to hear your voice, Lord, that we would be slow to speak, Lord, that we would be, God, a people that, Lord, desire, God, wisdom that can only come from you, Lord, to give us, God, a, a stirring, Lord, from your spirit, Lord, that, to cry out, Abba, Father, Lord, that we might desire more than anything, Lord, to be in your presence, Lord, help us to be disciplined, Lord, to, to rise up early, Lord, to, to engage in your word, Lord, and to engage in seeking, God, above all things, Lord, your kingdom. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us, Lord. We pray, God, for your help and your strength, your wisdom, your grace. Lord, we love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.